0: Every time I um, stand at a gravesite, I am reminded of the brevity of life. I'm reminded that life can change like that. And I'm also reminded that we are just visiting this world. We're just visiting this earth. And the fact is that we are sojourners, scripture says that. This is not our home. This is not my home. This is not the, the end. And as I stand at that grave, I always think that life, all of a sudden, everything comes into perspective for me. All, all these years, as I, I have stood there, I've been with families, as they're grieving, they're, they're crying, they're, they're hugging, I just get this sense of loss that's very poignant. Very poignant. And anybody that knows me very well knows that um, I feel very feeble in those moments. I feel like the, the words that uh, that I share, they're just feeble. They're just feeble. And I turn the only place that I know to turn in times like that, and I turn to God. I turn to God's word, scripture, because I know it's there that we find encouragement, that we find comfort. I I know we can find hope. But friends, I got to tell you, every time I stand and I look at the grave, there's always just a sense that that comes over me. This undeniable uh, tension between this world in eternity. We're in this series, Miracles. Uh, we've been looking at the miracles of Jesus. And today we're going to find Jesus standing at a graveside. And the guy has been in the grave for four days. And as the story unfolds, we're going to find that, that Jesus displays his power. He, he proves that with God all things are possible. And I also think we're going to find that death is not final. It's never final. Now, I'm just curious because I've had a lot of emails and conversations. But how many of you today would say, you know what, I need a miracle in in my life. I I need God to do something supernatural. I, I have done what I can do. I need God to fill the gap. How many of you would say that? I'm just curious. All right. I was reading uh, the story for today and it comes out of John. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, I want you for a moment to do what I do when I'm studying a piece of Scripture, and that is put yourself in the story. You know, what do you see as you think about that passage? Because what I see is someone that's worried about their loved one, someone that's maybe in a moment of panic, and their loved one's really sick. And there is this very, very uh, thin line that they're running. This, this, uh, this veil between this life and eternity is, is extremely thin right now. Someone's loved one's dying. They come to Jesus and, and they say, Jesus, we, we, we've seen you do miracles. We, we know you can Things are not good right now. In fact, they're getting worse. We need your help, and we need it now. Scripture goes on. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. When I read that, it's almost like Jesus is saying, I, I know as you look at your timetable, I know as you look at, at what's going on, that, that things don't look good. And they're not. But you need to understand some. You know, Jesus is just saying, I, I've got a divine strategy here. I, I've got this handled. There, There are some things that you just don't understand. And in fact, when all is said and done... People are going to look at this, and they're going to say, this was amazing. This this was unbelievable. In fact, they're going to look and, and say, there is no way this happened except for the hand of God. And we're going to give God glory for it. I know today that some of you are facing some things in your life. Some tough things. And the fact is, I believe God would say to you that I'm in the midst of this. In fact, I think he'd want us to remember this story. Because the the fact is, you may be going, well, this isn't fair. I I don't know how things are going to turn out. It's not going well. But you need to remember that the creator of this universe, the sustainer, the one that holds the planets in place would say, you know what, the sickness in your life, this situation that, that you're facing, this problem, these, these obstacles or whatever, will not end in death. In fact, God would say, I've got a divine strategy in, in, in all of this. And it's almost like uh, watching a rerun of Rocky. How many of you know, seen a movie, Rocky. All right, there's been like, I don't know if you saw one, two, or 23, but anyway, there's a lot of them. And, and they're all pretty much the same, and it's kind of interesting. Did you hear they may have another one coming out? I mean, they just released one a couple of years ago, and I'm figuring he comes in with a walker in this one. But, you know, I, I don't know. But I I remember seeing the first Rocky. And I went back and saw it again. And it was amazing. I knew the ending at that point, but it was still amazing. In almost every Rocky movie, Rocky is against the ropes, right? He appears to be down for the count. And somehow he rises. In fact, Rocky Ford, do you remember when he was fighting the Russian? It was Ivan. I mean this monster of a guy, and Rocky is taking a pounding. he's just staggering beating that he's taking and he's in the corner between rounds, it's near the end of the fight, and his trainer's like, "What are you doing?" And Rocky looks at him and he's like, "You got a strategy you know or however you know how Rocky talks. you got a strategy?" And it's not till the end that the strategy comes into place. And you expect that he's out, and then he just comes up with this flurry and defeats the enemy. And that's, that's a Rocky movie for you. But here's what I know right now. Some of you, some of you are taking a lot of body blows right now. You're taking a lot of hits. You're, you're going down for the count and you feel like there's no hope in your life. And I believe just maybe God would say, you know what, I got a strategy. This sickness is not going to end in death. This situation is not going to end in death. This problem is not going to overtake you. The fact is that when I'm through with this, there is going to be absolutely no question. That my hands involved. Everyone will know that God moved. Everyone will worship because of that movement of God. It will not end in death. It will not. There's hope in that. How many of you like uh, scary movies? Come on. I like scary movies. And I, I thought, well, it would be kind of fun if we did a little, little bit of trivia uh, where I'll give you like a line or a tune, and you tell me what movie I'm talking about, okay? All right, are we? Are you with me? All right, well, I'm going to start out easy. Dun-dun. <laughs> Couldn't you let me run with that, or you just don't want to hear me, hear me botch something up? No, how about, how about, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive, Frankenstein, here's Johnny, <laughs> I loved that movie, when I, when I was in college, that, that came out, uh, and I thought it was the scariest thing I had ever, I mean, i just come undone. And Cindy and I got married, and a few years into our marriage, this is probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I'm talking about this scary movie, The Shining, and oh, it was just unbelievable. And she's like, I've never seen it. I was shocked. I couldn't believe somebody hadn't seen the movie. And so we rented it. And um, let's just say she laughed through most of it. And then I realized it wasn't near as scary as as I remember it. But there's that. <laughs> one of the better modern day movies is uh, Six Sense. Remember that one? How many of you remember that movie? Remember the little boy? He had a, he had a real famous line. He'd say, "I see what? Dead people. Dead people. I see dead people." And friends, I can tell you as a pastor, I see dead people. I I see dead people all the time. I see dead people when I'm at the store, when I'm in the mall. I see dead people in the grocery store. I see them at schools. I see them at offices. In fact, I've seen a few today. Did you know that you can be dead and still be alive? Did you know that? You can be dead and still alive. You can be alive outside, but be dead inside. I see dead people, and so do you. You know, Timothy writes, he says, but a woman who, or Timothy writes, we'll try that again, Paul writes, It says, but a woman who spends her time in pleasing herself is really what? Even while she's still what? Okay, and incidentally, you can put man in that position, too. You can be dead and still alive. I mean, I see dead people. I, I see dead people in life where their relationships, relationally, they're just dead. They don't have any authenticity in their relationships. They don't have any transparency. The, the fact is, they, they're pretending everything's okay. Pretending that they really know each other. And friends, they're just skimming the surface. It's just dead, dead, dead. I see people that are dead in their marriage, you know. Oh, they live in the same house. Pass in the hall, even say hi to each other. But friends are barely more than roommates. I see people that are the walking dead. they they just existing in life, just stumbling through life, hoping that someday, one day, maybe it'll get better. But in their mind, they've resigned themselves. It's just the way it is. Maybe something's dead inside of you today. Maybe, maybe God wants to bring back to life. I'm going to kind of summarize the story. I hope this week something you can do is read this story. Read John 11. But I'm going to kind of tell you what happens between verses 15 and 16. And I believe that the story is powerful. Because Jesus hears that a good friend of his, Lazarus, was dying. He's getting really bad. In fact, we're going to find out that Lazarus does die. Jesus After hearing that his friend was sick, Jesus doesn't go right away. In fact, he waits several days. Scripture says that he waited and waited. Lazarus dies and he finally goes. Jesus says to the disciples, he says, let's go back to Judea. Now this is where Lazarus lived. This is where his home was. And the disciples hear this and they go, Lord, we can't do that. We can't, we can't go back there. Do you, do you remember what happened the last time we were in Judea? The, the, the Jews tried to kill us. They tried to kill you. Jesus, this is a bad idea. Really bad idea. Jesus is like, you don't understand. You don't understand. Verse 11 says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going there to wake him up. Now, Jesus didn't mean he was sleeping. He meant he was dead. Lazarus is dead. He's telling the disciples that's the situation. And so they travel to where Lazarus is. And when they get there, we we encounter several people. And I want us to kind of walk through this because these people are living. But I believe inside they're dead. They're living, but they're in a death trap in their life. I mean, first of all, we got Thomas. How many of you remember what Thomas is famous for? What? Doubting. Doubting. Doubting Thomas. He's the one that the resurrection had to, had to touch the hands and see where, where Jesus had been pierced. He was doubting. He was dead in his doubts. In fact, uh, I'm reading between the lines a little bit when, when I'm reading the scriptures. But Jesus says, let's go back to Judea. The disciples kind of push back. They're like, are you, are you kidding? Let's, let's go back to Judea? Come on. No, let's not go back to Judea. They're going to kill you. We can't do that. Thomas thinks it's a horrible idea, I think. I mean, this is just me. This is what I'm reading between the lines. But I think that Thomas, after the disciples pushed back, was kind of being sarcastic because it says, then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, yeah, let's go back. Then we could die with him. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea. I think he was being sarcastic. In other words, Things are not good. And I really expect they're going to get worse. Some of you are dying inside. Some of you have doubts in your life. Some of you have spiritual doubts. And it's a battle. It's like uh, the little boy, his mom said, Hey, could you go downstairs and get me a can of uh, green beans? The little boy's like... I don't want to go down there. I'm afraid to go down there. I don't like to go to the basement. The mom's like, It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Son, Jesus is in the basement. He'll be with you. Don't worry about it. He's like, Jesus is in the basement? Yeah, yeah, he's in the basement. The little boy goes, Okay. So he goes over, opens up the door, looks downstairs, and it's like, Hey, Jesus, could you give me a can of green beans? Jesus is always there. He's with you right now. But sometimes you don't feel it, do you? Sometimes you wonder. Some of you are going through things in your life, and you've been praying, and it's like heaven's silent. You're wondering if God's even listening. You know, you have that inner dialogue, where are you, God? You know, God, if you're good, if you're there, could you please just do something? I know you can. Why won't you? Why haven't you? What's going on? I have had seasons in my life. You would think as a pastor that you wouldn't, but, but I do. Uh, times when I'm full of doubt. And friends, I'll tell you, they're tough times. Some of you are going through tough times right now. Some of you are doubting. And you're dying. You're dying in those doubts. Some of you are more like Martha. I mean, Martha, she's, she's so contemporary. And I, I really can identify with her because she is dead in the delay. She's got a problem with the delay. It's not happening as quick as she would like. I mean, that's what the problem was. It's taken Jesus too long to get things done. In fact, she's about to unload on him. And in, in scripture, when you read it, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how long? Four days. You need to remember that. Four days. Four days. He's dead. He's really dead. Okay? That's the point. That's what scripture's trying to tell us there. This isn't like 24. I, be, I miss 24 being on TV. Jack Bauer, there's a Jack Bauer kind of dead. You know, where you're dead, five minutes later they shock you, they give you an injection or something, you're back up and you go defeat the world. That's not what we have here. He's been dead for four days. He's really dead, scripture says. In fact, scripture goes on to kind of uh, paint a picture and says, it smelled he's been dead that long. There was a stench in the air. Verse 21 says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, here we go. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Can you hear the delay there? Can you hear the problem? What what took you so long? You could have been here several days ago. What would you do? Just get, get lost? You, you know your way here. It took you four days. What were you thinking? What is going on? She had a problem with the delay. And I, I can relate to that. I know that there are people that are, are, are longing for a relationship in their life. They're looking to, to get married. And I've talked to them and they, they, they pray that God will bring someone into their life. They're, they're seeking God. They're being God-honoring. They're seeing and meeting people. But nothing works out. It's a delay. I know people that pray for their marriages all the time. They're, they're praying that there'll be some life in their marriage. They're working on their marriage. They're longing for a better day. They are hoping to get a better day. But there's a delay. There's a delay for some reason. I know people that are are praying that their physical bodies, that God will move, that God will touch. I know people that are praying for people that they love, that they want to see God's hand, they want to see that healing hand, but there's a delay. I know people that more than anything want to see a loved one or a friend or somebody that they know come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, to have a relationship, and they've been praying for him for years and years and years. Nothing. In fact, some would tell you that not only as they've kind of deepened their passion, that person seems to get further and further away. What's going on there? Delays. 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 Delays can be deadly. Sometimes they're death traps. And then we got Mary. Mary, now this is a tough one. Because Mary, we're going to find, is dead. She's dead in her discouragement. And I'm going to back up the verse right before the one we just looked at. It says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary what? She stayed at home. She was so discouraged. She hears Jesus is coming. She doesn't even go out. Big deal. (laughs) Jesus finally got here. But my brother's gone, he's not here. And friends, I can tell you, as I spend time with people, I see dead people all the time. I see people that are dead in their discouragement. It has captivated them. It is a death trap for them. You know, I hear people say, you know, I've tried to overcome the addiction, but I just can't. I see people that are, are dead and they're miserable in their lives and they have prayed that God would take away that just kind of cloud that's over and they've, they've been to counseling, they've seen doctors but they're just dead, they're dead, they're dead in discouragement in their life. I have seen people that, that they just like, I just want to be happy. Everybody else is happy. Everyone else is happy. Oh, sure, God blesses other people, but not me. And here's what I'm going to ask you this morning. And I want you to be honest with yourself. And that is, what is it in your life that is dead or is dying? We all have stuff. I mean, identify it, you know, implant it in, in your brain. What is that thing? I mean, it could be your faith. Talk to people that are just dead in their faith. I mean, at one time, they had a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. They connected with God, but it's just dying. You know, at one time, they, they sensed God's movement in, in their life. They could sense the Holy Spirit guiding them, pressing them, stretching them. And they would tell you that when they followed that, there was just this unbelievable joy in their life. Not anymore. It's dead. It's just dead. I mean, it could be a relationship that's dead, that's, that's strained, that's fallen apart. Maybe with a parent, maybe with a child, maybe a spouse, maybe it's a friend. But it's dying or it's dead. I know people that are financially dead. I mean, everything looks good on the outside. Got the car, got the home, got the image. But the reality is, they're just dead in debt. They're just dead. I can remember a time in my ministry just dying, just dying. And I was sitting thinking about it this week. That the only way I can describe it is I just have always trusted God. I don't know. It just comes natural. It's easy. I'm trusting God. I was doing God's work. But but here's what I know: it's destroying me. Destroy me. I mean, it was taking me out. The fact is, I was doing God's work, but I was destroying the work of God in me. And I watched little by little everything that I thought I knew just come undone. You know, it got shaky. And it was a tough, tough season. And I got discouraged. I mean... Most of my ministry, God has, has blessed. And the thing that that does for you when, when you're leading is when things are being blessed and God's blessing people, You, it's powerful, it's encouraging, it, it picks you up, it keeps you going. But that was a season that was deadly. And I finally just stepped away and just said, that's it. I can't do this. You ever been there in your life? You ever been there dead in discouragement? You just resign. You just go, I'm done. I can't do this. Story goes on, verse 33. It says, when Jesus saw her, saw her weeping, he saw the, the Jews that had, had come along. They were, they were all so weeping. He was deeply moved. He was deeply moved in his spirit, Scripture says. What, whatever had happened at that point, it just hit him. It says, when he saw that, there's two little words. It says, Jesus wept. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus knew why he had come back. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the grave. He sees the pain of the people, people that love Lazarus, and he's moved, and it says, but he wept. He wept. Think about that. I think that tells me something very, very special about Jesus. That he cares about what's going on in my life. He cares about the people around him. He cares about what people feel. It so moved him that he wept. He wept because he was hurting inside. He wept because the people were hurting and, and, and crying for their loved one. And Jesus saw that and he wept. Some of you, some of you right now, you're in a season in, in your life and you are between death and the power of the resurrection. You are dead in your delays. You know, God has just not answered and you've been waiting and you don't feel it anymore. You don't see it anymore. Some of you are doubting in your life and those doubts are real. And those are because the delays are obvious. Some of you are discouraged. And what happens with discouragement, it starts settling in, doesn't it? Dead, dead, dead. In fact, some of you are hurting so much right now that you're just trying to keep it together. And I want you to remember this. If you don't take anything else home with you today, remember this. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. You know, Joseph, Joseph was in prison for something he didn't even do. He spent two years in prison. That was quite a delay. Moses, 40 years. 40 years he's going to wander in the wilderness. And I got to think every single day, he's thinking, when are we going to get to the promised land? How about Noah? God calls Noah. He says, Noah, why don't you build an ark? He goes, what's an ark? Well, it's a boat. Why do I got to do that? It's the middle of the desert. It's going to rain. Okay. He starts building. People are ridiculing him. In fact, I'm going to guess they got pretty vicious. People thought he was crazy. No rain. No sign of rain. In the middle of the desert, he's building a boat. 120 years. He would wait. God's delays are not God's denials. It's throughout scripture. I've seen it in people's lives. You know, why, why did Jesus Christ come to this world in the first place? He came that we might live. He came that we might live. He came that we could live a God kind of life. Not, not this fake, shallow, kind of pathetic thing that, that we do and live in this self-centered this meistic mind numbing mentality no he didn't he didn't do that he came that we might live that we might have joy in our life joy in our life when you look at the outside there is no human reason to have joy but but we have it he came that we could live when we're in the storm, you know, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, that, that we could have the kind of life that when we are in the storm, we still have peace. It doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to the people around us. But it's because of what Christ did, because Christ says, I came that you could live, that you could live in life. And I want to tell you today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, I want you to realize that the Spirit of God, a God that, that has raised the dead, a God that has the power to do whatever, that that same power lies within you and is available to you. Why did Jesus come? So we could what? Live. So we could really live. And I think we missed that. You know, Jesus' mission statement, and I think the evil one's mission statement, is in in John. It says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. That's his mission. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life. Life. Jesus came so you could live. Jesus came so you could live. Jesus came so that you would stop dressing like a dead person. So that you would stop thinking like a dead person. So that you would stop acting like a dead person. So that you would stop hanging around people that are just going, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead. Jesus Christ came so you could live. It's that simple. He came so that you could live. Jesus standing at the grave, standing at the grave of a good friend, Lazarus. Scripture says that he looked to heaven, he prayed, he instructed the people around him to remove the, the stone from in front of the tomb. And it says, when he had said this, when he had told them to remove the stone, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, Come out. And the dead man came out, his feet and hands wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let him go live. You know, I believe that Jesus Christ says to us, Take off the grave clothes. Take off anything that resembles death. You know, take it off, strip it off, get rid of it, get rid of all those things, get rid of all those dead things in our lives and live. Paul writes, he says, but God who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loves us even when we were, what? Dead through our trespasses. Made us, what? Alive together with Christ. Paul goes. I get it. Take off those dead things. Take them off. You don't need them anymore. Take off the, those negative dead thoughts that some of you have. I'm never going to amount to anything. It's just, it's just my lot in life. I guess I'll always be miserable. I mean, I, it'll never change. We will always be in debt to our eyeballs. It's not going to get better. I will never overcome that that addiction. God may answer some people's prayers. I mean, I've seen it. But God's never going to answer mine. Take it off. Take it off. Stop thinking like you're dead. Stop speaking like you're dead. Stop beating yourself up for your past. I see it all the time. Do you know Jesus Christ died so that you could let your past go? It says he casts it into the sea. It's it's already forgotten because he doesn't want you to live like you're dead. And here's what I believe: Jesus Christ is here. God's here. He's real. He, he's alive. And he is calling some of you with the same power that he called Lazarus out of the grave. He's calling you to get out of the grave and stop acting like you're dead. I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or are you just playing church? Because here's what I believe. With Jesus Christ, all things, all things are possible. Lazarus, he, he was dead for four days. Yet he walked out of the grave. And when I read that, it gives me hope because I realize that God speaks to dead things and he brings things to life. What's dead in your life right now? What is it? What's dead inside you? I see dead people. And friends, I want you to know that the God that created this world specializes in bringing the dead back to life. And I believe he would say, take off the grave clothes. Take them off. Get rid of them. And even physical death. And I think about that when I'm at a gravesite. Even physical death, not final. God says, "This isn't the end of it." See, God's about life; it's about living. You know, Jesus says, John, John eleven twenty five and twenty six says, "I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die," will what? Live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Important question. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I believe that um, God calls us to live. Don't misunderstand. I know some dark days are ahead. I know there are times that I'm not even sure if you can go on. But this I know, and this I stand on: that God's about living, and God can take whatever, whatever it is, and make a live. And what I want to do, we're, we're going to just bow in a word of prayer. If, you, if you've if you got something, whatever it is, it could be small, it could be big, but if you've got something that you want God to breathe life into, I want you to stand up where you're at so I can pray pray with you. So we're going to pray now. If you got something, just stand up. Our holy God, I know that um, there are some That would say, you know what, this is dead. I've lost hope. I have been hoping for so long. I know that some they have been fighting for everything in them. And they're waiting for you to move. To change. To fix. To heal break to whatever God I pray that you would hear those cries God I pray that those that are standing right now that um, they would sense you that they would feel you calling them out of the grave, saying, come out, get rid of the grave clothes, strip them off, be done. God, I have been amazed throughout my life at your power, at your grace, at your mercy, at your movement in this world, and your constant care for those that are hurting. God, I pray that when you move that we would yell, we would scream that I'm alive because of him. That marriage was fixed because of him. That my child came home because of him. That we would let the world know God, I thank you for all things. We give you the praise and celebrate this day. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.